you started your podcast this year or you've had your podcast for a while, I have some news for you. I know that it can be so hard finding sponsors. Trust me, I get it. Been there, done that. But I found something that makes that entire process so much simpler. They are the sponsors of today's show and they go by the name of Podcorn. Podcorn helped me find sponsors and when I ran into any issues, their customer service team was right on time to chat about it. You keep all of your creative freedom and rights to your podcast. Podcorn is just here to help you put some extra change in your pocket. There is nothing wrong with that. So this show is sponsored by Podcorn. You can click the link in the show's notes to sign up for Podcorn and you can start browsing your own sponsorship opportunities. And did I mention that it's free? What do you have to lose? (laughs) Go check it out, guys. cannot believe I'm saying this, but welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to a brand new episode, a brand new season. I feel renewed. I hope you feel renewed as well, but a brand new season and a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Now, you all already know this, unless you're new here. If you're new here, I'll get to you in a second, but right now I got to get back to my peoples. Thank y'all for coming back for a new season of the podcast. As you all already know, we talk about politics, we talk about life, we talk about pop culture, we talk about music, we talk about movies, we talk about everything here on this podcast. So thank you all so, so, so very much for coming back for a new season, for supporting me, for listening, for just being like the best darn podcast listeners a girl could have. I am so thankful for each and every one of you. Now, if you are new here, welcome. I don't know how you found us. I don't know who told you about us. I don't know if you just stumbled across the podcast on social media or through your podcast app, but welcome. It was not a coincidence that you found us. I hope that you are subscribing so you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode, which happens to be every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Thank you. So I am just going to tell y'all that I have missed you all for the past two weeks. Two weeks feels like two months when I am not recording a podcast episode for you all. Because like I said, y'all are my people. Y'all are my peoples. Y'all are my best friend in my head. So I feel like I'm talking to you all, even though I'm not like getting a response back. Like I know in due time when I'm recording the words are going to fall on your ears so I do feel like I'm talking to you all so I feel like I haven't talked to an old friend in a long time when I don't release new podcast episodes so thank y'all so very much for coming back I hope you all enjoy not only this episode but this season I have so much so much that I want to do this season and I hope and pray that y'all are ready for it and that you all receive it well um because it's a lot going on upstairs in the noggin right now when it comes to the podcast but we'll get to all of that later for right now we're going to hop into our carefree updates and then we'll be back with our topic of the day okay so to kick off carefree updates this is one that I still find it very hard to one talk about to comprehend and wrap my mind around and three accept 
but we know the stages of grief um, in everybody. Almost everybody is feeling it right now. So I want to extend my condolences to the family of Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant, Gianna Bryant, Kobe's daughter. Not only him and his daughter, but the other passengers that were on board in the helicopter. I am sure by now you all have heard the news. You all know what happened. You've seen the headlines. You saw the social media posts just like I have. And I mean, I I mean, seriously, y'all. It's one of those things where you remember or you you're going to remember for the rest of your life, like where you were when you found out and what you were doing when you found out I was at home in my bed. I was watching something on TV and my best friend, she texts me and she told me and I'm like, what? You're kidding. Like, this is a joke. This is one of those things that like an hour later, the celebrity is going to tweet and they're like, it was a hoax. I'm fine. And it wasn't that like I immediately jumped on my phone, you know, searched Kobe Bryant. The most recent news that I saw was him congratulating LeBron from the night before for surpassing him with scores. And I was just like, oh, this is this is nothing. And I went in the living room and I turned on CNN I turned on MSNBC I turned on ESPN it was like a bowl game going on that same day and nothing was saying anything so I'm like oh it's fine he's fine it's fine and then it came on y'all and I just whoo man it's hard for me to even talk about it right now because my heart is starting to pound because I was devastated still am devastated and that affected so many people I don't know if Kobe or Gigi would even expect that impact to happen and I'm not diminishing the lives of the other passengers on board at all I mean it was just a tragedy all around my condolences to all of the families um But I can say one thing I can find comfort in knowing is that he would have wanted his impact on us to be so powerful that we adopted his same mentality um, in going about things that we different do, different, different things that we do, different passions that we have. I'm talking ahead of my thoughts right now slow down Shakira um so he would have wanted us to adopt that mamba mentality if you knew Kobe you knew mamba like they were synonymous um and he would have wanted us to honor him and his legacy by putting the work in by being nice to people um and remembering that your legacy is your legacy and it's okay to give props to other people in your field and again put in the work it's crazy to me because if you've been with me for a while you know I'm a basketball girl basketball is my favorite sport I like the way to dribble up and down the court like that's me I love basketball and Kobe I'm not gonna lie um I used to be a huge fan of the Boston Celtics and this was when they were the big three I know I'm about to lose some of y'all because y'all are like girl what (laughs) who um but stick with me so the big three was three players it was um Ray Allen Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett 
and they were like the big three all around the NBA. And they used to go head to head with Kobe every time they played. And I used to, I can't stand Kobe. I can't stand Kobe. I couldn't stand him in the rivalry because Boston and the Lakers had a rivalry. But I always respected him as a player. And after his passing, so many people came out with these different stories about how good of a person he was and things that he did for people that he never even wanted press for. He just did them and was like, no cameras. I don't want any cameras there. You know, how can I help? And that is how you should want your legacy to be. You know, I know we're in this day and age where, you know, social media is the wave. We want to document everything. We want to let people know that we're working. We want to let people know that we're giving back. We want to let people know that we out here and doing stuff. You know, it happens. We want people to know. It's just the times that we're in. But also remember that it's what you're doing behind closed doors closed doors as well so it's not so much about what you're putting out there to the world people are going to double tap your pictures people are going to comment and say yes queen yes king give back but they're not going to remember that two minutes from now they're going to continue to scroll down their timeline and like and comment on somebody else's stuff so make an impact in people's lives not just on social media and I can't stress that enough we might even have a whole podcast episode dedicated to that because that I can go into so much detail about how I feel about how social media has warped our perception of giving back and doing good and not just giving back because we're expecting praise from you know our efforts but just giving back for being good freaking people like (laughs) I want to talk about that one day we're going to talk about that one day so again my condolences to all of the families that were affected by that tragedy not just the families but the friends and the fans because we grew up with Kobe like I was born in the 90s. This was when Space Jam was out with Michael Jordan. But during that same time, Michael Jordan was on his way out. Like, he was still popular. He was still a figure in our communities. But Kobe was on his way in. You know, we grew up with Kobe. We saw him. He was an idol to so many people, a hero to so many people. And he was just a symbol that you can do it. Like, not just play basketball, but you could do anything. Kobe retired and went and won an Oscar. Like, who does that? Like, who does that? So, you know, even if you are still grieving, don't let anyone make you feel like you're crazy for grieving someone you didn't know personally. It's natural. It happens. And we posted on the Carefree Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter and the Instagram about how it's okay. And if you need help, just reach out to someone, especially during times like this. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Um, So, yeah. Now, on to much lighter news. I promise I'm not going to keep y'all down the entire episode. All right, so I don't know if you all have heard this story. My first time hearing about it was a few days ago, actually, but apparently it's been happening for a while. And this is an article from TheRoot.com, and it says, Texas high schooler DeAndre Arnold may not be walking with his graduating class at Barber's High School in Texas this year, but he will be walking the red carpet on Oscars night. Thanks to Hair Love director Matthew Cherry, producers Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, and the personal care brand Dove. 
DeAndre, a high school senior who wears dreadlocks to honor his Trinidadian heritage, has been at the center of the latest controversy in an ongoing national conversation about hair discrimination. Due to a reportedly recent revision to the dress code in the two aptly named Barber's High School, how ironic, the team was told to cut the length of his dreadlocks in order to walk in his graduation ceremony and was subsequently given an in-school suspension for refusing to comply. How do you give a kid in-school suspension for not cutting his hair? Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. So Barber's Hill, Barber's Hill School District, stood by his punitive policy, issuing a sadly telling statement that reads, we do have a community-supported hair length policy and have had for decades. Barbers Hill is a state leader with high expectations in all areas. Mm. That says a lot. That statement itself has so many underlying biases just within those two sentences to say that we have high expectations in all areas you're saying that his hair being how it is in his locks is not considered you know high expectation or high achieving is not the image that you want for your school and that's crazy that's crazy and I felt so bad for him um because I hadn't heard about this before um he got invited to this award show with Gabrielle Union and Matthew Cherry and Dove and Dwayne Wade. Like, I hadn't heard about it. Of course, I know why I hadn't heard about it. I'm not surprised. But, um, I mean, it's, it's, and see, this is why I'm not going to use the word upset. This is why we, black people, especially black women, are so particular about hair not just hair but when other cultures and people wear the same hairstyles that we wear that are native to our communities and they are accepted but we still face discrimination for wearing the same hairstyles this is why we have a problem. And whenever we say something about it, people are always like, it's just hair. Um, it's just hair. It's not just hair. It's not just hair when we go into our places of work and into our school systems expecting to be treated fairly and equally to everyone else. And we're not because of how our hair is styled or how our hair is growing out of our head. That's a problem. That's a problem. And the only thing we ask is that other cultures and other ethnicities acknowledge that, you know, not just take the hairstyles and wear it for sport, but acknowledge that we are still facing discrimination for the same hairstyles that people are boosting you up about on social media. So that's the only thing we ask when it comes to that. So shout out to that boy, not boy, shout out to DeAndre. DeAndre Arnold, he has a name, Shakira, he has a name. Shout out to DeAndre Arnold because that's big. Shout out to Matthew Cherry. And you all should check out his film, Hair Love. I have not seen it yet. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But I did see where all the way in Ghana, Ghana, I believe, um, someone had painted a mural 
of the characters from the animation and that I mean that's big that's big to have a mural of your film painted in an entirely different country is beautiful so I can only imagine how he feels and I'm so proud of him for extending a hand to a brother in need that's beautiful that's beautiful now speaking of awards and award shows Michelle Obama my best friend in my head is now a Grammy winner so the Grammys went down a week ago I believe I believe it was a week ago January felt long did January feel long to y'all like I felt like January was like two months I'm like are we still in January um but the Grammys went down and during the Grammys Michelle Obama won a Grammy for um an audio recording of her best-selling 2018 memoir Becoming and she took it home she took it home and she was the first um let me see she's the first first lady to take that award I think she's the second I believe Hillary Clinton won one for her memoir that came out a few years ago and I believe Michelle is the second first lady to take that award home so shout out to my best friend Michelle my forever first lady in my head (laughs) because that's big and I know she just has it on her um imagine saying you have a Grammy and not being a singer I aspire I aspire to that because I can't sing to save my life. So that's all I have for the Carefree Updates. We're going to have a quick break from our sponsors, and then we're going to hop into our topic, which is what I've been waiting on, and I'm sure that's what you've been waiting on. Sit tight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys. So last year, last February, I really wanted to do a Black History Month series where we talked and discussed um, historical figures. But I wanted to do it where it's not people that we hear every year. (laughs) You know, we still need to hear the stories of MLK. We still need to hear about Rosa Parks. We still need to hear about Thurgood Marshall, Harriet Tubman, um, Coretta Scott King. George Washington Carver like we still need that history but sometimes it's just kind of repetitive you know um and I don't know if I'm just saying this because I went to a black school from kindergarten through 12th grade where every um every February we did a black history play we did announcements school announcements every day with black history facts but you know I was thinking that there are so many people that go unacknowledged like we don't talk about them we don't share their stories we don't even know a lot of their stories so that's what I'm here for I've been doing it um every day on my Instagram page so if you follow me on Instagram it is at S-H-A-A-K-I-R-A-W-H-I-T-E. So it's at Shakira White. Shakira with two A's. And I have every day. And I plan to do it every day of February. 
Um, thank God it's the leap year, so we have an extra day <laughs> to get more facts in. Um, but I have been doing it, and you can look at the highlight on my page. It says BHM. It's a picture of Trevante Rose with grill, a grill in his mouth. Um, and you can see what um, I've been posting every day on there. And you can also watch my story every day. I post every morning with black history facts that we don't know. They're not common knowledge. So anyway... Today, I want to, you know, it's only so much that you can include in an Instagram story. You know, it's 15 seconds. I don't want to overload people with information, but there's still a lot of details that I would like to share. So I decided that for this entire month, we're going to go in depth about some of those stories. So far, I've done um, Esther Jones. I've done Bass Reeves. And today I did the Fultz Quadruplets. So you can check those out. But on this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking about Esther Jones. Now, if you don't know that name, if it doesn't sound familiar, that's okay. A lot of people have been writing me back on the stories like, wow, I did not know this. Um, I had never heard this before. And I'm so glad that we are getting these stories out there. And I'm hoping that you all are sharing it um, with your friends, with your family, and hopefully with your children. If you have children now, or you will have children later on, I hope you are carrying these stories on so that these people aren't forgotten. Now, I know 29 days, I'm not going to be able to cover everybody. I know. (laughs) I know. And, you know, sadly, it's one of those things that you just have to deal with. But we're going to try to get it in as much as we can. So today we're talking about Esther Jones. Now, I'm sure all of you are pretty familiar with Betty Boop. You've seen Betty Boop. You have either watched the cartoon, you've heard her little sing, singing things, like you've heard Betty Boop before, you've seen a sticker, you had her on a t-shirt when you were younger, or a sticker or something. We know Betty Boop, like she's a cultural figure in America. What a lot of people don't know is that one of the major inspirations behind Betty Boop's singing style is a woman, a black woman by the name of Esther Jones. So Esther Jones... Actually, let me back up. Before we even get into Esther, I want to put you back in the 1920s. So imagine, close your eyes. Hopefully you're not driving. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Imagine that it is 1925 or 1926. This is the era of Flapper Girls. This was when the Cotton Club was on and popping. That was the spot to be. You have your jazz singers. You have your swingers. um, And not the swingers that we know now, but the swing dancers back then. Um, You have all of these people. It's booming. You know, of course, we still have segregation and that sucks. But... Right now, it is a great time for music. It's a great time for art, especially black art. And it's Harlem. It's New York City. The streets are hustling and bustling. And you just got word that the Cotton Club is going to be on and popping tonight. So you got to put on your best dress, your best shoes, your little kitten heels, and head out the door. You grab your coat, you head out the door, you head to the Cotton Club, and one of the performers is a black woman, beautiful black woman, and she's singing, and she's singing a song, Um, and when she's singing it, her style of singing is so fresh and unique and new, and you're just like so taken aback by it. 
that woman is Esther Jones. That's who we're talking about right now. And that is the era that Esther was coming up in. So Esther was a regular performer at the Cotton Club. Now, again, y'all know this is Harlem back in the 20s. Again, hustling and bustling. If you were a regular performer at the Cotton Club, you know you had it going on. Like, nobody could tell you anything if you were a regular performer at the Cotton Club. Like, what is that the equivalent of today? Like, what's a club that people can have residency and you're like, yeah, that that's it. I don't even know if we even have that today. I don't even think we have that. Um, but... She is that girl, basically. So Esther, people start calling her Baby Esther. And they start calling her Baby Esther because of her way of singing, her baby style of singing. She would do a lot of um, boop, boop, ba-doops. And if the boop, boop, ba-doop sounds familiar to you, you know that that is from the character Betty Boop. But Betty Boop had to get that from someone else. So again... Esther, she was the, the, what's the word? She started this, like, she started this um, style of singing that boop, 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 baby, like, really lighthearted, easy, feminine, you know, way of singing. Esther started this. Now, Esther didn't come up with this on her own. She had someone that she worked with vocally who helped her develop that style of singing. And if you're an artist in any craft, visual artist, musical artist, whatever, you know that it takes a while to develop a certain style about yourself. So Esther had it going on. So again, she was a regular performer there. Now, one night... She's there performing. Imagine again, you're in the Cotton Club. You're sitting at a table with um, your friends or your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriends. It's smoke everywhere because this was when people were smoking cigarettes inside. Everybody's getting lung cancer because nobody cares. And we don't have the scientific research to say that we should not be smoking indoors. So it's a fog of smoke everywhere. And in the corner... There is a woman named Helen Kane. Helen Kane is there with um, one of her friends who is an agent. You know, and you just peep them over there to the side. You know, they don't mean any harm because the Cotton Club was frequented by not only black people, but white people as well. Like everyone's welcome, right? So you see them, you don't pay them any mind. Helen Kane is paying extremely close attention to baby Esther as baby Esther is performing. Now, Helen Kane takes a liking to Esther's style. (laughs) You're going to see where we're going with this in a while. So, again, one of Esther's catchphrases was boop, boop, boop. And Betty Boop started doing that later. So, Helen takes this style. She takes these catchphrases that baby Esther has developed in her singing and in her songs, and she uses them in her own songs. She takes them, you know, and let me tell you, Helen didn't waste any time. (laughs) Like, Helen heard the song. A month later, Helen was using the same style, the same catchphrases in her own performances out and about in her different bookings and you know, club appearances or whatever she had to do back then. The girl wasted no time. So one day, Helen is, you know, she catches wind of 
the Betty Boop caricature. And Max, excuse me, I'm really not sure how to pronounce his last name, Fleshner, I believe, he was the creator of Betty Boop. So keep Max in your mind. Remember Max. So the years pass, Helen starts getting famous. People start knowing the girl's name. You know, she keeps making her rounds around the country, you know, booking gigs. She's booked and busy, right? Meanwhile, baby Esther is kind of disappearing. And we'll talk about that later. So she's kind of disappearing while Helen is on the rise. Fleshner, Max, he creates this character again, Betty Boop. Um, And Betty Boop was so different from other cartoon characters during that era because keep in mind, this is like the 20s, okay? Sexuality is not a thing. (laughs) So, you know, you have Minnie Mouse and other cartoon characters who are modeled and shaped after animals or you know, things that aren't people. Now, Betty Boop comes and she steps on the scene. First, she was developed as a French poodle or some kind of dog. That's what she was shaped like at first. And then later they slammed her up and they made her ears, which were um, like dog ears. They bought them to be hoops, making her more womanly. You know, they gave her a shape and a figure. So she was not only popular with children, she was also popular with adults. So Betty Boop was that girl. Now, Max, later it came out that Betty Boop was basically um, a lot of inspiration was drawn from different women to create this character. But early on, Max, the guy who created this character, um really drew on Helen Kane to develop um, how she looked, not only how she looked, but her style of talking and singing. That's Max. That's the creator. Now, Kane, they said her voice was unforgettable. It was babyish. Remember baby Esther? Um, And in its extreme nasality, it was still beautiful. All, you know, with all of those different characteristics, it was still beautiful. Now, they said it was almost impossible not to hear Helen Kane in Betty Boop's singing. So, remember, Helen Kane is famous now. There was another woman who won a lookalike contest saying that she looked like Helen Kane, who is famous. Okay, keep it in mind. So, this woman is May Quistel. May, they get May to go and voice Betty Boop instead of Helen Kane. So again, our girl, she's kind of salty. You know, how dare you get somebody else and not me? How dare you get second best and not me to voice a character that looks like me, that sings like me? That's what our girl Helen Kane is saying, okay? So she sues Fleshner Studios. This is Max's studio, the creator of Betty Boop. She sues the studio in 1932. And the, you know, the basis of her suit is because she said they were stealing her singing style and catchphrase, which she claimed she invented. Let me tell you how quickly karma works. (laughs) So... Betty Boop would not exist if it were not for Esther Jones. 
Helen Kane's style that she said she created would not exist if it were not for Esther Jones. So, again, karma, she makes her way back around. She might not come when you want her, but she's always right on time. So she sues them and she filed a $250,000 infringement lawsuit. $250,000 is a lot in 1932. $250,000 is a lot right now to me. If I had $250, I could use $250 too. If I had $250,000 right now, y'all, I would pay off my student debt right now. I would go down to Sally Mae right now and write her a check and say, please get off my back. Leave me alone. Please leave me alone. So, she sues them for $250,000. This is a lot of money. So, Fleshner Studios, Max, he's not going to take that. You know, I'm not about to pay you $250,000. So, we're going to get to looking and seeing where, you know, Helen went wrong. Where did she actually get this style of singing? So, the trial, it makes its way to the courts. And finally, the identity of Betty Boop's true inspiration is revealed. So they find a recording. Imagine they find a recording of baby Esther performing I Want to Be Loved by You. And in that performance, you can hear her do her infamous boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, or you know the the style that she has developed for years and her scatting technique something that Helen had copied just a week after she heard Esther do this in the Cotton Club now they try to find baby Esther to get her to you know come into court and testify and everything but no one can find her so they just presume that she's dead you know and just let it go because hey we have this recording so it doesn't even matter she's gonna Helen is gonna lose this anyway people thought that she died she wasn't dead now Helen's career at this time the thief, her career is on a decline because she has her name in all of these headlines. Um, and now it's come out that she stole this. Like, imagine thinking, imagine thinking, you know, the Migos were the ones that started the ad lib thing that they do now. Hey, mama, you know, all of that stuff. And then you find out that they actually stole that from a marginalized group or person and use that to come up without crediting that person. This was the equivalent back in 1928-1932. So the whole trial really went on for about two whole years and it didn't seem to be going anywhere until they played that recording. And that recording was what put the nail in the coffin for Helen. And it's crazy because I'm looking at some of the news headlines, you know, when I was researching this stuff and one of the newspapers printed witness in Helen Kane's suit says Negro girl originated style. Like, how embarrassing to Helen. I cannot imagine how pale she must have looked in that courtroom when they played that tape. And so the um the guy who was helping Esther develop that style, he also came out later and said that, yeah, this was something that we worked on together to get, you know, Esther's style of singing. So that is it, y'all. 
that is it. And even though people, a lot of people still don't know that story, a lot of people still credit Helen Kane as being the inspiration and the model for Betty Boop. That is not the case. The real model and inspiration for Betty Boop, even though they still say um, it, the inspiration was drawn from many different women. No, it, you got it from Esther. You got it from baby Esther. You got it from Esther Jones. And she is the real model for that character. That way of singing, Helen wouldn't have gotten it if it were not for Esther. So Esther is the true inspiration. And sadly, Esther did end up um, addicted to drugs. And that is why she kind of disappeared. And she passed in 1984 with um, complications. I believe it was to her kidney or to her liver from drug abuse. And I hate that. And I really wish that she would have gotten the recognition that she deserved while she was here and alive. But that is why I'm sharing her story with you all so that hopefully she can get the recognition that she deserves now. Hope you all enjoyed this and I hope you all learned something. If you did not know this story already, share it with your best friend, your auntie, your cousin. Them. Um, and don't forget to leave us five stars on the podcast app. Now, before we get out of here, I do have a new segment of the podcast that is going to be called, drum roll please, Shakira's Keys. So at the end of every podcast episode, be looking out for it. It's going to be the last thing I want to leave you with. So here it is, Shakira's Keys. <music> So Shakira's Keys is basically going to be um, just a small little tidbit of inspiration, things that you can take with you throughout the week until we meet up for the next podcast episode. And that is what I want it to be. So today I'm going to leave you with this thought. Just go for it. Just go for it. Just do it and figure out the rest along the way. Um, we often find ourselves waiting on the right time to pursue our passions. But one day you may wake up and find that you have waited too long. Do it now. I tell you all all the time that, you know, we feel like we need to have everything together. I need to have this before I start. Then when we get whatever that thing was we find something else that we need to do before we start. So just do it and figure the rest out along the way. When I started this podcast, I was recording on my cell phone. I was using the microphone on my cell phone and I was in my bedroom. And now I am in a recording studio using a real microphone. Figure the rest out along the way. Just start y'all. Just start, just start, just start. So I'm leaving y'all with that for this week. Don't forget to stay black especially be your blackest black this month black history month and carefree and we will see you next time in next week's episode of the carefree and black diaries bye guys mm-hmm.